Welcome to the Carolyn Shuttlesworth Podcast, where we'll dive deep into the Word of God, build strong faith, and finish the devil. Here's your host, author, speaker, and nonstop mom, Carolyn Shuttlesworth. Okay, let's get in. I think I've mentioned everything. Uh, let's get into today's um, topic. I don't want to keep you all day, but we're talking about a firm foundation. And so I titled it, Do You Live in a Strong House? Because, you know, I'm kind of handy and I I work with tools and I fix things and I can kind of do things because my dad's taught me. My dad's like extreme handyman. Everything is DIY. Uh, He builds, repairs everything on his own. And so he's imparted that to me and imparted a way to fix things, to think outside the box and 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 save stuff. <laughs> I don't mean like save things like keep a box in the closet. I mean like if something breaks, I'm going to figure out what's a way we can fix it on, on our own. Uh, you know, so he, he has imparted that to me. So working with tools, um, it's actually funny. I said to my parents, uh, I said, you know, there's something I can put on my Christmas list. Uh, it sounds kind of funny, but I'll take a really nice toolbox because I have started in the last several years before we even moved to Florida, accumulating tools and doing things because that's just what I've become. I always joke around. People joke me in the, in the office. I'm, I'm the miracle word handyman because that's just, uh, and I enjoy it. I enjoy it. So I'm not complaining, but my dad has imparted that to me. But, you know, I was, hey, Brooke, uh, good to see you. Uh, and so, you know, talking about tools, and building a house properly matters. We all know that, right? We all live somewhere. We live in an apartment. That building was, had to be built to code. We live in a home. So we all live somewhere you're watching this. None of you are homeless and watching this from your laptop from a cardboard box. So <laughs> we all understand how it, important it is to have a firm foundation. You know, and we know the the parable of the two builders. I'm going to read that in a second in Matthew 7. And so there's not one place in this world that doesn't (coughs) get threatened with a storm. Because if you read the parable that I'm getting ready to read in Matthew 7, I'm going to start in verse 24. It's talking about a foundation being built. And then when something comes our way, what happens to it? I You know, when I read this, I'm always like, you know what? Whoever wrote the story of the three little pigs got this story idea from reading these verses because it's the exact same thing. It's like how you build your house and the wolf's going to come and blow your house down. And, you know, and it was the one who built it of bricks. (laughs) He built a good foundation because sticks and straw are not strong foundations. Okay, so whoever made that story definitely got it from the Bible. Bible was first, then the three little pigs. All right, (laughs) building on a solid foundation. Verse 24, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rains come in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand. 
when the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse. But listen to this, not just like, not just like, oh, the door fell in, the rain came and the door fell. No, it says it will collapse with a mighty crash, with a mighty crash. So we're going to learn it today about the importance of building a firm foundation. Because, you know, I swear, we hear these, <laughs> we hear these parables, we hear these stories, we yell amen in church, we are like, yeah, yeah, like that. Firm foundation, Christ is the cornerstone. And it's like, one little thing comes our way, one little annoyance, one letter in the mail, a family member acting cray cray, you know, something, a fight between my husband. And I'm saying we collapse. We're like done. And that shouldn't ever be the case. We should never be in a situation where we as Christians receive a report and we're moved. We should never receive news and we're shaken. Never receive it. How can that happen? Well, we have to build our thoughts. We have to build our faith on firm foundation. What's the foundation? The word of God. If we're constantly, it says in Psalms, singing his praises. So if we're constantly speaking his goodness, how on earth can we fill our mouth at the same time to speak negative, to speak doubt, to speak unbelief. We can't. It's one or the other. And so a lot of times I feel like uh, Christians ride the line, ride this, you know, gray area of doing both. I believe, but, you know, a, a personal situation comes or you see someone you love go through something and then our theology starts to, mm, well, I'm, hey, Chad, well, I'm going to kind of go this way. Um, I'm not really going to believe the word because now, you know, this person got this and didn't make it or, they, you know, and they were a really good Christian. No, firm foundation, period. A lot of us need to put a period at the end of the things in our life. A lot of times we put a question mark, but a period solidifies. It's a statement. It's done. I don't question it. I'm, I'm speaking by faith. In Isaiah 28, 16, it says, Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, okay, look, look. I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It's a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. They sent Jesus. God sent Jesus to be our firm foundation. Whoever believes need never be shaken. We need to build up our faith. We need to build up our firm foundation. We know many of us in buildings for jobs, for work, uh, for jobs, for living. Everything inside is in a building. Everything is built to code. We have to have a firm foundation. We can't have cracks in the wall. We can't have ceilings falling down around us. Then it's not built properly. So just like in the natural, okay, there is a code to follow by. Just like in the supernatural, there is a 
code to follow by. And the code is Matthew 7, <laughs> verses 24 through 29, where it shows you if you obey the word of God, if you believe it, if you confess it, you will become wise and you are building it on a firm foundation. All right. Jesus said that those who hear my words and do them will be like a wise man. So we have to listen. Faith comes by hearing, right? And hearing by the word of God. I, I, I get a little passionate sometimes when I speak or about this because there will always be storms around us. Just like I told you, he gives an example as a parable here and he's talking about floodwaters and, and winds and rain. And I'm going to kind of break that down in here in just a minute. But, you know, those are things in the natural that destroy things. Well, we get hit with that stuff. It's not that people don't get hit with it. I'm not exempted from getting hit with it. I don't get exempted from getting hit with things that try to come my way. The devil knows my name. He's after me. He's after my kids because I want to destroy his life and he knows it. And so he, yeah, he, he is, he is going to try things to come my way. Now I have to know the word of God and build my foundation. So when that arises, just like the Bible says, whoever believes need never be shaken. We don't have to be moved. We don't have to be knocked off course. We don't have to go through something to know he's a mighty, mighty God in the name of Jesus. We don't have to go through all of that. Now I understand some people have gone through things. Some people, everyone, different upbringings, different uh, home life, different, you know what I mean? But there comes a time. So I am compassionate towards that. Don't think that I'm like, you know, yes, Vicki, this is live. Cutting, cutting, you know, that off or it's like I'm a cold person I don't understand because you just never went through it but this is where we have to say listen I'm a Christian now I'm a new creature and new creature keyword new creature in Christ old things have passed away all things become new so do I take that word new seriously am I a new creature or am I a creature and this is what I started at the beginning with when I say but my women's meetings that we're not a band I'm not a band-aid preacher because I don't just slap on a band-aid and say, yeah, you're just a sinner saved by grace. Here's a band-aid. Whoop, he fixed your past. Ooh, you came from, you know, rough upbringing. Oop, you didn't have anything growing up or, oop, you know, this, these trials happened in your life. And no, listen, just like those things may have formed us, we can break that formation. And now we're considered new creatures in Christ. So now we have to put on a new form. We have a new form. Jesus doesn't look at us as someone who is beaten and tattered and bruised and, and sad and depressed. No, he looks at us like, hey, I died on the cross for them so they can have a firm foundation. I died on the cross so they can be made a new creature. They don't need to. Now we have to put on the the face of I'm not seen by that shame is not my name you know the things I went through because people are like Carolyn you don't understand because you know da 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 but I don't have to go through something to know who Jesus is 
Let's identify who our Savior is, what he's given to us, so we can be strong in the word of God. Christianity and what God has for us is way better than a Band-Aid. He's not here to slap on a Band-Aid on brokenness. No, he is all about the new. He wants the new, the better, the fresh. So we can get out of it. If we're new creatures in Christ and filled with the Holy Spirit and know who we are in Christ, we can be made and seen as completely new. But we have to make that choice. The battlefield of the mind, the battlefield of the mind. We have to make that choice, right? Because you know there's some people. There are some people you know still carry things from the past. But then there are some people, like I just found the other day, someone said something to me and I said, what? You were what when you were a kid? I had no idea. None. And she goes, you never knew that about me? I was like, no way. Never knew it. And then I said, you know what? That tells me that you are completely free, that you carry none of that, that you have filled yourself with the word. You're, you, you talk different. You look different. I would never have known that that's something you went through. So like, you know that there's a marked difference when someone changes their life like that. And, and, and why I went in that direction for a second, obviously somebody needed to hear it. But back to being a firm foundation, there's no storm that's too great and no circumstance too big for Jesus to overcome. So we have to say this if you have to write it in the comment section, if you have to uh, declare it every day. Thank you, Vicki. I really appreciate that. I really, really appreciate that. Right? Don't be in crisis. Be in Christ. Don't be in crisis. Be in Christ. We have a choice. We have a section here. Let's draw the line in the sand, right? Let's draw it. Crisis, Christ. We can't ride the fence. We already know what happens when you live in the gray area and you ride the fence. We become vomit. <laughs> we don't want to become vomit, okay? We are all in Christians. You're watching this. We are all in. So there's crisis or Christ. So let's declare, don't be in crisis. Be in Christ. All right? So sometimes... It seems like crisis can be all around us. What do we think of? We get, we got the news throwing gas prices left and right. We've got, you know, the uncertainty of our nation. We have, you know, food shortage. It makes me laugh. Like, I laugh because I'm like, listen, city folks, you all need to get out of the little place that you're at, even if it's big where I live. We, we are in counties, so it's like Dade County, which, you know, that's Miami and Hollywood, Miami Gardens, like it's a ton of cities. I should look up how many cities are in each county. I live in Broward County. Broward County is things like Pompano Beach, Fort Lauderdale, Coral Springs, Parkland, Sunrise. I mean, so there, and that's just a few, to name a few, Pembroke Pines, Plantation. So Broward County consists of a certain amount of cities. 
Well, just alone in my county, Broward County, there's 1.9 million people. That's not including an hour south of me, which is Dade County, and gets everything else for South Florida. Then right above me, hey, Lena, uh, then right above me, it's Palm Beach County, and you've got West Palm Beach, Palm Beach Gardens, Boca Raton, uh, you know, uh, all these different cities within it. Just in my county, there's 1.9 million people. And I'm always like, listen, everybody needs to get out a little bit because there's no shortage of anything. I laugh when, there's, when they were going through the whole lumber shortage. This world, I mean, Montana is so vast and Wyoming, and that's just two states out of the 50, that it's just land, trees. I mean, we are never running out, no matter what they tell you. We're not running out of animals. We're not running out of trees and lumber. We're not running out of food. Though the Bible says in Genesis that as long as there is the seasons, summer, winter, springtime, harvest, there is going to be this earth and we are going to be provided for. So don't ever think for another second, another second, that you're going to be without anything. The children of God will never be without anything. Look at, look at, even though like God was ticked at the Israelites going through the, the, the desert, he still provided for them. He still, their rocks and honey, water came out of rocks. We got manna coming. We got, you know, things falling from the sky. And to the point when you read that when manna came from the sky, he, he told them, to prove to the, the Israelites. What did he say? He said, listen. That's right, Leslie. He said, listen to them. Listen to me. He said, eat this manna today. Don't save it for tomorrow. Because he wanted to show them. Every day, you're going to be provided with something new, something fresh, something better. You don't ever have to hoard up stuff and think that you're going to be without don't get that mentality. That's the opposite mentality of a giver. Get the mentality of, and I tell my kids this all the time because sometimes they fight over the stupidest things. They'll be like, oh my God, I ate on my bubble gum. And I'm always like, seriously? Like we can go to the store and buy more bubble gum. Just share your bubble gum. Next time we'll buy more, you know, this and that. And so, you know, I always tell them. And the one thing they hear me tell them all the time, all the time. What is it, Maddie? Yeah, we'll never be without. That's what she just said, but I was talking over her. Never be without. I'll just get you some more bubble gum. You know, so that's why I look at God saying that to us as, as his children, right? You're not going to be without food. Just think of him saying and looking down at you going, I'll just get them more food. You're never going to be out of paper products. Never, I never ran out of anything when this world went into crisis mode because I didn't play into what? Paper what? Um, and so I, I, I will never run out of anything. Just think of God looking down at you saying, oh, well, they need this. Let me provide. Oh, they think they're going to run out of this. Let me provide. Never, I've never run out of gas. I've never run out of toilet paper. I've never run out of paper towels. I've never run out of food. I've never run out of money. I've never run out of anything, but I've only increased when the world is going through a crisis. And that is how Christians should look. Increase in the middle of decrease. We are to increase in the middle of a decrease.
And so we do that. Food shortages, lack, 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 lack. The whole world, lack, 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 lack. It's so depressing. I don't want to listen to anything this world has to say. It can make you sad in the matter of five minutes. Has the, it's, like, it's, it's like void of happiness. Sucks the joy right out of you. So I wouldn't listen to anything. Turn off everything that they have to say and don't take into consideration anything this world has to say. Um, and so we're not in Christ. We're, we're not in crisis. We're in Christ. There's a rough marriage. Kids have walked away from the Lord. Sickness. Feeling alone. That's crisis, right? That could be a crisis. When storms of life threaten to knock us down, what do we do? We put a stop to the crisis because we built our house correctly on firm foundation. We don't have to wait for things. We don't have to wait for things. The blood of Jesus has paid it all and bought and bought and paid for for us. All we have to do is be in him. What's threatening our house? All right. If you go back to Luke 7, I'm sorry, Matthew 7, 24 through 27, he mentions three threats to our house. What does it go here? First one, rain, right? We got rain. We got uh, in verse 25, floodwaters and winds. Three things, rain, floodwaters, winds. Okay, so Maddie, you can text that. I'm going longer. Like I told him I went. <laughs> Ted has to come to the studio. And I was like, oh, no, I'll be done at this time. You can come at this time. And obviously I'm not because the Lord has me going today. All right. Rains, floodwaters, winds. I live in a very rainy climate. I live in South Florida. It's hurricane season still till November 1st and it's rainy every day and it's windy and we have storms you see them come in they go out they come in really fierce and so I was likening this to where I live I'm like I really understand rain and floodwaters and winds and so rains can vary greatly okay sometimes it's a drizzle okay I wrote down a drizzle light you kind of need an umbrella you know you're like oh my curls are gonna go it's a little too wet because if i get my i can get a little bit but but this is more of a rain that's going to ruin my hair and all my curls are going to go um straight okay and then there's downpours we can't even see i get tons of thunderstorms here super bad lightning all right so i was like let's liken this to our everyday troubles right we have people that deal with troubles. They're small. They're there just a little bit. Persistent. What does the Bible say? Foxes. Uh, little, little prickly, you know, we're spoiling. Little things. Little things that are so little that you become to be okay with it. Oh, that's just normal feeling. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I got that. I'm a little sad about it. We stay there for a little bit. I'm going to wallow in my sadness. But you know what happens? Thoughts come. Things grow. Or, it's, or I got a cold. Oh, it's normal. It's flu season. Stop saying it's normal. Stop saying it's normal. If it's not normal in the word of God, it shouldn't be normal in your life. Nothing about this world is normal. What they think is normal, I don't want to look like them whatsoever. And if it's not normal, match it up to the word of God. 
put it up against the word of God if it's not normal. Listen, a cold should offend your faith. A cold doesn't have to be normal, but we have the thought process. We have this thought process, right? Everybody says flu season, it's normal. It's normal to get a cold. It's normal to get, no. Start saying the opposite of what everyone says is normal. So we got some small troubles, small, persistent, annoying. Some get bigger, just like the rains. It's not the drizzle anymore. It's more of the heavy downpour rains. And then it gets, you know, we get overwhelmed. Things become unexpected to us. And so, you know, then, then we've got the floodwaters, just like the Bible says in verse 25. So the rain's coming, right? We got the downpour. We got the storm. And then now what? The water's rising. The water, you know, see those movies where like people have like gone down in a ship and they got their lips right outside the water. They're like <sighs> trying to breathe and the water's like up to here. So that's what we're talking about here in this verse. The floodwaters are rising. And we're, we're doggy pedaling and we're trying to, trying to just keep our head above water. And, you know, we've been, we've, we've been in that feeling before. I'm not saying I have been exempt from that feeling. We've been there where we're just like, okay, I'm getting tired. I feel like I, you know what I mean? And then lots of times we're like, I'm, I'm tired of this fight feeling. I'm just going to sink. And whatever happens with the floodwaters happens with the floodwaters. And so floods... I would say are times when it's all out threatening disaster, right? We have death of a loved one. Uh, we get bad news. Uh, we get struck with something that, uh, you know, our, our, our family is going through. Doesn't matter if it's sickness, uh, you know, confusion of this world, whatever lie they've believed of this world, that's a flood to us. We don't want to see our family go to hell. We don't want to see our loved ones and our friends be taken out by the enemy and believe the lies of the enemy. For me, that would be a flood, okay? That's right up there with the death of, of someone I know, is, is to be lost to Satan and believe his lies. That's up there for me. And so, um, you know, job loss, financial ruin problems now we're going to have to bankrupt or now I've got no money coming in you know I've the, the everything has changed in my life dramatically to me that would be considered a flood water and so right there I told you we're we're at the point where it's like are we going to stay above our head above water or are we going to sink is our foundation going to be wiped away and then I have winds. I kind of liken them to words. James 3, right? Words that have great power can either build up or tear down. James 3 talks about what? You can't have sweet water and sour water coming out of the same fountain. Our words matter greatly because our confession is everything, right? I believe, 1 Corinthians, I believe, therefore I, that's right, you guys said it, speak. I believe, therefore I speak. So our words will determine our life, our course, what we see manifest. So here we are, words, winds that are spoken there in verse um, 25, 
I, I put them as words. They can beat against our houses, right? Thoughtless remarks from friends, we get messages, we see stupid comments, we get comparison, right? Words, comparison, then we start trash talking ourselves and belittling ourselves. Um, our defeat talk, we get a rebuke from somebody, uh, you know, anything that gets us down based on words. Somebody doesn't like our parenting. Somebody doesn't like that I send my kids to school, so they look down upon me. Uh, somebody like, doesn't like that I'm homeschooled. They think my kids are going to be weird, and so they talk bad about me. Somebody doesn't like the diapers that I buy my kid. They think that they're the worst diapers, and, 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 and this is like real stuff. Like, I say these things jokingly, but it's true that moms can be like that, you know, ladies can be like that with anything, with work, it, it, just constantly. We've been torn down by our in-laws. You know, we've taken this and uh, just, just anything. Words carry so much power. Words carry so much power. And so, um, you know, we can, we can belittle ourselves, like I said. So Jesus tells us that hearing and doing his word will empower us to withstand these forces. And James 1, what is it? To be not just hearers of the word, but I wrote doers. Jesus tells us that hearing and doing his word. Because look, anyone who listens, hearing, to my teaching and follows it is wise. What's follow? That's the doing part. So all throughout the word of God, not just in James, it talks about being a hearer and a doer. Faith is an action word. Faith is an action word. So it tells us that we can be empowered to withstand these forces if we hear and we do. And he promises what? That our house will not fall, right? But if you don't, what does it say? It will crash mightily. It will crash mightily. Um, I just wrote this verse down, so I have to flip to it here based on time, was Luke 6, 48. I love the parallel account. When you go through the, the Gospels and you read the same story, each writer says it a little bit differently, and I love the take on it. So in Luke 6, 48, uh, I put this in the ESV, it says, He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose and a stream broke against the house, it could not shake it. Comma, why? Because it had been well built. I like to take those punctuations into consideration because it wants you to pause for a second. I, I really think, you know, when we read the Bible, let's read it a little bit slower to grasp what it's saying, to get that revelation. Right there, when the flood came and the waters hit the house, it didn't even shake. You know, we can get to the point in our life that when something comes against us, there's times we might not even know it. Might even not even know that things were coming our way. God's gone before us. He's worked it out for us. We're standing strong that even when a flood water, even when a report, even when something comes our way, you know, I felt this way when 2020 happened. Not one single thing moved me. Not one. I mean, I, not one single thing. In fact, I would get angry at things that they would tell us to do 
because it instilled fear and it made you depend on other things. For Christians, I'm talking about people who are are not saved. You can't get after them. They need to be, you know, saved first. They have a, a dead, unregenerated spirit. You can't get mad at people who who operate a certain way that aren't saved. But I'm talking about people who should know Jesus as their firm foundation. Not one thing has moved me in the last few years. I'm to the point now when I hear something that's contrary to the word of God, it makes me laugh. I laugh. And then if they tell me to do something, I want to do the opposite, the complete opposite. Well, this is not a good time to be buying this, or this is not a good time to be traveling, and this is not a good time to be spending money, and this is what you should do. And I'm like, if it's, is it what I should do? So hold on. I'm going to ask the, the, the Holy Spirit when he gives me a different answer and I do it. That's exactly what I'm going to be doing. We have to get that boldness inside of us to be like, listen, I'm not taking suggestions from the world. I'm not even a part of this world. Why would I even listen to you? Because I've built my life, my foundation, my home on the firm rock. You know, I'm not going to go buy something and live in something. You guys see, you know, when you're traveling, you'll see like barns that are like leaning over to the side and dilapidated buildings and things like that. And you wouldn't even walk in them. You wouldn't even walk in them because what? You're like, oh my gosh, this isn't even like fit for someone to walk in. We could take one step this way and it comes crashing down on us, right? You're using wisdom there. You're using wisdom there because you're like, I could go into a dangerous spot in this house and it's leaning to the left. That one, one move, one creak, one step and the whole thing falls on me and I don't want to die. Okay, so there we used wisdom. Let's apply natural things in our life to our spiritual life. I don't want to lose to the enemy. I don't want to be sucker punched. I don't want to be sideswiped. I'm not going to live in struggles. I'm not going to look like everybody else. Why? Because I'm deciding that I'm going to build my house, my life on the firm foundation. So when words come my way, when reports come my way, when I feel like I can barely doggy paddle up, I'm going to be to the point where I'm not even shaken. Meaning I don't even understand what's hitting my house because I don't care. While the, just like I do now, when a hurricane comes, I'm at peace in my house. I have a good foundation. I got hurricane shutters that close and I sit inside and I eat my meal and I'm at peace and outside the winds are blowing, outside other people's trees are falling, outside I can hear the gusts and the, the, the things falling everywhere and the lightning going. But what, what, what's happening in my house? Nothing. I, there's no rain coming through my ceiling. There's no trees flying through my window about to hit me and my kids. No. I'm sitting there watching a show with my kids. We're cuddling on the couch. It's stormy and we're looking out the window because what I'm in is safe. What I'm in is strong. What my house, what I've bought for my family is firm and up to code. So let's take what we do in the natural and apply it to the supernatural. Um, our faith is not just a section of our lives, right? It's not just like a piece of pie. Well, I just have a little bit. No, it provides a firm 
basis. It, faith supports our entire existence. Faith is a lifestyle. Faith is not a piece of us. We are faith. We live by faith. It's not a little piece of us. It's our entire existence. It's what tightly surrounds us. It's what we contain. And when we get squeezed, that's what should come out. That is what should come out. Faith is our framework. And you know what? It should show the world why having Jesus makes us different. Why would anybody, and I say this pretty much at most meetings that I I speak at, why would somebody want to know about my Jesus? Did I fall? Did I get swayed? Did I crack? Did I change my theology because people around me have passed away in the last few years that are full of faith? Nope. Jesus still heals. He still heals all. He'll never stop healing. He wants us well. That's what he died for on the cross. It's not going to change it. Nobody can talk me out of it. Why? Firm foundation. What about the goodness of God? What about uh, prosperity? Yeah, I'm to do my part. I need to be a giver. I need to be a sower. I need to give offerings. I need to give tithes. Yes, I do my part. He does his part. It's a cycle. I have to participate in this Christian lifestyle. It's not just, hi, can I have Jesus in my heart? Um, I believe you rose from the dead, and um, I believe that I'm going to heaven one day. Amen. And then go on and live about our life? No. Take your salvation serious. Take your salvation and be like, it took faith for me to be saved. Now I'm going to use that same faith and I'm going to pull in what God has for me, the promises that are due to me, what my covenant holds for me. I'm going to live by faith. I'm not going to fail. I'm not going to be a victim. I am a victor in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't have to wonder where I'm going to go in life. I don't have to wonder if I'm somebody. I'm going to do exactly what God calls me to do. If God only asked me to be a mom, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. My kids are going to live righteous. They're going to live holy. They're going to live powerful. They're going to do great things for the kingdom. And then I'm going to call it a day because that's what God called me to do. But what, like I've preached on before, he trusts you with that. He'll add more to your plate. He has a purpose and a plan for all of us. And we're going to tap into it. And it starts with, do we live in a strong house? Do we have a firm foundation? We need to be daily fortifying and strengthening our time in word and prayer. It matters that you take time between your Sunday morning and your Sunday morning. Not everybody does Wednesday night service. Some some do, and that's great, and it gives you a little extra boost. But even if you did Wednesday night, you got to do something Monday, Tuesday. You got to do something Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's not just a Sunday to Sunday, Christian. You will be out of gas by the time you get to the next service. You will be flat. You will, everyone gets on a high on, um, you, everyone gets on a high Sunday, right? That's like the best day of the week for everyone. They're like, yeah, I'm charged. I'm a child of God. I can take over the walls of Jericho. And then Monday comes and they get like a bad report from their boss. Their kid wakes up sick. Um, they, they, they have some kind of issue. Now a fight starts with their husband and we've lost the victory. 
That's it. Monday morning, 12 hours later, we've lost the freaking victory. <laughs> I mean, that is a normal lifestyle for a Christian. It just really is. And, and it's sad. And you know what, women? We need to be better than that. Uh, you know, guys, if you're on, guys, you need to be better than that. You're running the household here. And so, listen, and single moms, you are it. So we need to be better than that. We need to be better not only for ourselves, but for others around us. We are a witness. Okay, so uh, we're going to read the word. We're going to read the word more. We're going to pray more, a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And so in times of pressure, faith will give us strength. We'll be able to press on. You know, there's things I'm believing for in my own life and, and for my own family. Just because, I, you know, I'm in the fivefold ministry, like I said before, doesn't mean I'm like everything's hunky-dory. Like, things are good, but I'm still pressing in for miracles. There's things I still want to see changed with people I know, people I love. Okay? I want to go higher all the time. I want to get more for what God has for me. So I don't just sit back and kick my feet up on the table. I am going after it. I'm going after it. So our faith is the frame, framework. And having Jesus will, will want, now if we live right, will want others to be like, who is this Jesus that you serve? You look different. Your marriage looks different. Your kids act different. You know what I'm saying? Why? What, what is working for you that I need to know about? And you're going to have an open door to tell them about Jesus. Why are you not freaking out? Why do you love your husband and you respect him? Why do you have well-behaved kids? Why do you have uh, peace in your home? Why are you always joyful when it seems like, you know, you shouldn't be? Exactly, because faith is our framework on the foundation that we've built, on the rock we stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. And so um, the Bible calls Jesus our chief cornerstone. So he knows all about setting a secure foundation. And he's an expert in repairing and resetting a foundation that needs help. Like I said, you don't have a, a broken uh, wall. You don't have a busted door in your house. You don't have a cracked window and you stick a Band-Aid on it. What do you do? You go get a new one. You get a new framework. We're all about buying new things when things break in our personal house and in our car or our personal items. And then when it comes to like our, our Christianity, we think that Jesus just like band-aids and wraps around you know bandages on there and is like, oh yeah, well this, no. He wants to give you new. If your window breaks, if your door breaks, if your frame cracks, you're going to get a construction guy out there and he's going to give you new drywall, new metal framing, new this, new, new windows, a new door that you can shut and lock. So let's do that with, with Jesus in our life. He's able to fix anything. There's nothing you've done. There's nothing in your past that has gotten you too far from Jesus to fix and make completely new and completely whole.
in Jesus name. Hebrews 13, eight, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. What worked then still works now. What he did back then, he'll still do it today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every person watching on the broadcast. Thank you, Lord, for their life. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us new life in your name through your blood. Thank you that we walk in victory. We walk in authority. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us your word that as we obey it, as we apply it, we will have what it says. We won't look like everybody else. We're not going through struggle. We're not going through Christ because uh, crisis because we have a Christ. The Bible says that your name, the name of Jesus is above every name. So if there's something someone is going through right now, going through a loss, going through a disease, going through um, some kind of uh, sickness, going through a bad report, going through a broken heart, going through marriage problems, going through children that are, have gone away from the Lord. There's nothing you can't do that you can't fix and completely restore. Father God, I pray that everyone listening to this message today is strengthened by the gift of faith, is strengthened to know that they are victorious, is strengthened to know they don't have to live in the broken, that Jesus is going to restore, he's going to make brand spanking new in our lives. And Lord, if there's areas that we're looking at in our life that say, well, I haven't been so strong in here and I haven't uh, necessarily done this here, Lord, that you help us to turn around and fix it. For we will live, we will build our house on a firm foundation. We won't be moved by the storms around us. We won't be sidetracked. We won't be sucker punched in the name of Jesus. And if for some reason, we get knocked off on our feet. We're going to be immediately picked back up because you are our cornerstone. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us the word that we can live powerfully. We can live in strength. We can live in faith. And you've given us the tools to build our house on your rock. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We honor you. We give you thanksgiving and praise every day for you're so, so good to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 I love you guys so much. I enjoy my time with you. Thank you for spending it with me on this Wednesday afternoon. If you agree, write amen, emojis. I love you, Maria. I'll get to see you on Saturday. I'm so excited. I'm bringing my team with me. I'm bringing Tiffany. I'm bringing Jenna. I'm bringing all the kids. I'm bringing Jenna's kids. Um, so I'm so excited to see all of you um, in uh, Massachusetts. If you're watching this and you can't make Massachusetts, I'm coming uh, in October to Connecticut. So just make sure to jump on our website and see where I'll be. And if that's closer to you, uh, I'll be there all day on uh, February, or not February, where am I at? I'm already in 2023. Um, in October, I just booked a women's meeting in February, so sorry, it's on the forefront of my mind. Um, October 15th, I'll be in Connecticut, but you can get all the details. Um, I love you, Vicki. Uh, I look forward to seeing you uh, next year too at World Harvest, one of my favorite churches. But thanks for spending the afternoon with me. 
Uh, I won't be here Friday live because I'll be on an airplane going, but I will uh, see you next week. And you all have a great rest of your week and I will talk to you soon. Love you, bye.